If you want to learn how to insulate your home with canned meat, stay right where you are, because boy, have we got a show for you. Well, hi, everybody. My God, we're already on iTunes. Jesus. Well, my name is Matt Sapienza, or as I'm better known to most of you, who who the fuck is this guy? Why? Well, I'm a stand-up comedian, I'm an actor, I'm a radio announcer, and I've been one of Larry the Cable Guy's backup dancers for so many years. Now, what exactly is this show? Well, it's essentially an extension of the radio show that I do on WRHU-FM, plug. The only difference is there's going to be way less music because this isn't radio. We aren't ruled by the FCC, which is either a good or a bad thing. We will play at least like one song per show, or maybe I'll sing one if you like the feeling of your ears bleeding. But besides that, we're going to have way more comedy. We're going to have a couple of friends stop by every once in a while, and we're going to have some interesting guests pop in every once in a while that I think you'll enjoy. One of them being today's guest. She's a Broadway actress who is now roaming around the country touring in the Broadway Princess Party. She recently, not too long ago, I should say, closed out a run of Anastasia the Musical. Christy Altamere is our guest today, and you'll be hearing her on the line a little later on. The show in a nutshell is this. Do you like awful, awful comedy? Do you like laughing and feeling good at the end of a hard day? Do you like getting really, really high and then going to McDonald's and ordering your food in a Shrek impression? If you answered yes to the first two, then boy oh boy is this the show for you. I said that last thing because I tried Uber for the first time recently. And it was like I was really apprehensive about getting in. I used that code that Aaron gave away on Game Grumps. If you watch Game Grumps, there was this one episode where Aaron gave out a code that gives you a free first ride, but then he also gets a free ride. He's banking on this. He's getting free rides for life. So right away, like, I was sort of skeptical about Uber from the get-go. So as soon as my guy came, I was sort of apprehensive about getting in. Like, the, the guy driving the car, he's, like, wearing a cowboy hat and a hospital gown, and he's rolling. Like, the whole car smells and then i found out he was rolling the biggest joint that i've ever seen in my entire life he was using pampers and it was it was just awful but he like drove me to like the radio station this is from like after a trip to the city he drove me to the radio station where i had to go in and prepare some stuff but like i came in and the news department was getting ready for their newscast And these people take news very, 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 very seriously. But sometimes they let loose. Sometimes they like to try and make the news as funny as they possibly can. So this particular day, there were three murders in the city. And the news director didn't think it'd be real amusing to have the anchorman report all of these murders back to back. So they gave one of these murders to the sportscaster. The guy was reading, like, baseball scores at the time, so he was reading it, and he's like, Well, first in the National League, it was the Mets over the Braves, 3-2, the Reds got past the cards, 5-4, and the Dodgers murdered the Giants, 9-0. 
Speaking of murders, you know, friends, looks like 62-year-old Lee Salsby won't be going out to the old Paul Park anymore. The man was gunned down in a liquor store robbery. Once again, that score, liquor store one, Lee, nothing. You know, a show I want to see them do at the station is a show where they read the news of those tabloid papers that you, like, buy at the newsstands at the grocery store, like National Enquirer, all of that. Like, you see all those headlines, like, oh, Brad Pitt popped a boner in the grocery store. Or, like... Owen Wilson doesn't say wow for the first time in an eon. Funny story, I just remembered while thinking about that, for some reason this came to my mind. I was, This was after a long period of time where my car was acting up terribly, and I, so I practically had to hitchhike. So I had to like take it in. We had to get like something fixed, like a tune-up. It was like 35 bucks. And the guy says to me what they always say at a car workshop. Is there a telephone number where we can get a hold of you later today, you know, if we find anything else wrong with the car? Invariably, they always find something else wrong with the car. Two days later, <laughs> two days later, he calls me up and goes, Yeah, uh, Mr. Sapienza, we was resetting the buttons on your radio and uh, the damn engine exploded. Tore it up pretty bad. Killed one of our boys. Now, let's see, that'll be a little more than $5,000. It'll be an additional 2500 for the funeral cost. So come on down whenever you feel like picking it up. See you in hell, kiddo. It's the little things that get to me. But we have more fun coming up later on in the show, right after this message. Is your relationship not going the way you thought it would? Ikea. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I mentioned before that I'm a disc jockey at a college radio station here on Long Island, and my show is on very, very late at night, so I want to show you the kind of fun that I have on that show. I mean, it's part of the custom of a radio disc jockey to read the news every once in a while, but the audience is so dead and so tired that late at night that they can't tell which stories are real and which stories are fake. Here now is an interpretation of what that's like. So let's go right to the radio studio of WUHR and Mr. Bill Barf. Bill? Well, good evening, Evan. But knock that off! Jesus Christ. Well, good evening, everybody. It's lunchtime in New York, breakfast time in Chicago, and time to wake up and go home in Los Angeles. This is your host, Bill Barf, building up the news and barfing it right back at you. Well, we got a ton of records for you here today. We got Carrie Underwood, Billie Eilish, Chris Brown, and one of Michael Bublé's illegitimate children singing Heidi, singing Heidi Suffers an Estrogen Avalanche. But first, friends, it looks like the big hand is on the 12, the little hand is on the 12, and that means it's time for the 6 o'clock report. Here's the latest headlines. A high-speed chase ended today once the criminal stopped the car and got out. Being alive was recently deemed a form of disease. A man in Detroit is suing a soup company, claiming that a bowl of alphabet soup spelled out an obscene message to his wife. And finally, a man who attempted to walk around the entire world today drowned. The big story of the day is that a food and health inspector arrested the owner of a Kansas City butcher shop today. It seems that traces of meat were found in the hot dogs. In other news, a man in Indianapolis has just founded his own religion. This religion believes in such things that when you die, your soul goes to some garage sale in Buffalo. 
Turning to the medical file today, Dr. Herman Berger today spent six hours performing a delicate heart transplant via telephone. The good news? The transplant was a huge success. The bad news is that it was the wrong number. A sad note from Hollywood today, Marc Dubois, one of the world's last silent film stars, had passed away yesterday at the unbelievable age of 115. He had no final words, but he did have several gestures. In the world of sports, the San Francisco Giants traded shortstop Brandon Crawford to the New York Mets in exchange for the entire New York Mets team. The Giants will also receive 700 minor league players to be named later, $100,000 in cash, three Eskimos, the entire Disney Princess franchise, and one snail. Oh, oh my God, hold on. Oh my God, hold, hold on. This just in, a, a young three-year-old boy was arrested in Central Park. He was apparently reported on punching an elderly man in the nuts. His motive? He saw a Volkswagen buggy? The hell? Let's take a break from the news. Let's get into a very fine record for you and dear. He's Little Nas X, Post Malone, Ariana Grande, Halsey, and a bowl of cereal that MC Hammer ain't from last week. Singing the big hit of the day, Bob Barker goes to neuter himself. Let's listen. Yes, another fine romantic ballad for you. And speaking of romantic friends, I wonder where you'll be going this weekend with that date of yours. Well, why not go to the Makeout Drive-In Theater? It's a beautiful facility. There's no line. There's no waiting. There's no movie either, kid. And before we leave the air today, friends, we'd like to give you a little heartwarming story. Right fielder Clem McGoogles became a hero at the ballpark today. But it happened before the game. You see, right as he came out of the dugout, he saw a little girl falling from the top of the grandstand. And he ran over and he caught her just before she hit the ground. Thankfully, she wasn't injured. But out of force of habit, Magoogle wound her up and threw her all the way to second base. Well, that's going to do for the show today. In the meantime, this is Biff Barf saying a man is only as good as his pet parakeet. Bye, bitches. Everyone at the station, and I'm sure around the world, loves the classic animated movie Anastasia. Well, recently, that movie's been turned into a musical show on Broadway, and audiences have been flocking to the Broadhurst Theater on 44th Street for the last year, seeing it with great reviews. And this is the first at the station. It's the first we've ever had royalty here at the station, because on the line, we have Anastasia herself on the line, the princess of Broadway herself, Christy Altamere. Welcome to the Morning Wake Up Show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, our pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. If I was there physically, I would, I would, um, I knight you or crown you or something. What do they do? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever they do in royalty these days, huh? Well, yes. first off, how's Anastasia going? It's amazing. I mean, it, I've been doing it for over a year now, and I love it. It's a dream come true. It means so much to me. Uh, I grew up with the animated classic, but I also I also love Russian history, so there's just there's so many reasons why this has just been a dream for me. Uh, it's a fantastic show. How did you first get the role? Uh, well, it was just the basic way you'd think you'd get a role. I went in and I, I auditioned, um, and then they asked me to come back later to do what they call a chemistry call, 
which means they have you audition with other leading men to see if you have chemistry. So I went back, and it just so happened that they paired me with somebody who I'd worked with before that I was really good friends with that we had played love interest before. And in my mind, it was like, oh, well, I'm just going to have so much fun and enjoy this audition, whether I get it or not. And then luckily, I, and we both ended up booking the part together. Amazing. Okay. Well, what, what show did you do with him? What did you do before Anastasia, I should say? Um, his name was Derek Klenna, and we did Carry the Musical together. Kind of a totally different <laughs> Anastasia. Uh, it's a horror musical. Uh, well, actually, not really. It's, it, it, it's based off the, you know, the cult classic Carry the Movie with um, uh, Sissy Spacek. And um, so, yeah, so it, it was incredible. We did that off-Broadway, and it has this amazing cult classic following now. I really think it should... You know, so many people know about it, and so many high schools around the world or around the country are doing it. Uh-huh. So um, at this point, it, I think it could have legs if they if they wanted to do a revamp and, and bring Carrie to Broadway now. I think it could it could happen. <laughs> it would work fantastic. I feel like Rocky Horror Picture Show would work just as well on Broadway. I know. Well, you know what? That one has come back a couple times. Like it's been revived a few times. Where Carrie, the musical, even though it did have a very short run on Broadway, this newer version, although it is the same Carrie the Musical, uh, they did add some, add some music to it, some songs, some, uh, um, some new harmonies and things, so it really is in a way like a revamping and a retelling of the story uh-huh. uh, of, the, of the musical, so it would be kind of this like, new special thing if it were to make it to Broadway one day, and it's ironic that we're, that, you know, that we're talking about this during the like, fall season, which is usually when Carrie is done. Yeah. <laughs> And we're recording this on Halloween. Yes, I didn't want to the say, but we are. The spookiest day of all. I know. So, how does it feel headlining a show? Your, your face is all over the marquee and everywhere. How does it feel walking into the office and being like, yep, that's me? Must be exhilarating, right? It's totally surreal walking down the street. And well, in the, during the first year, the, the picture um, of the marquee was of me running into the distance which I thought was just so genius and beautiful. And then the second year, they used my face, which was just such an honor to me. Um, <laughs> and like a big, like, just like nothing I would have, a surprise, something I would have never expected. Uh-huh. And, um, and for a while they were using it as their ad campaign when they would market the show. And I thought, oh, they're not, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't put it on the actual marquee. And then a couple, like, like a month later, after they had been marketing it with, with these new pictures, they have my face on the marquee. So it's pretty, it's just pretty surreal. Well, how, what's the hardest part about playing Anastasia? You know, nobody really ever tells you about how, when you do an eight-show week, um, that you don't really have much time for anything else. So it's hard because, in a way, when you play the lead in a Broadway show, there's so many demanding things that you have to do for your actual job. Mm -hmm. And then in a way it's exciting because you're the lead in this Broadway show. So, so because there's this, um, there's this bit of uh, a stardust on you, people remember you and they ask you to do concerts and they ask you to do appearances or they ask you to come to things 
that you may not have been asked to do had you not been in a Broadway show, and you don't have time for that. So yeah. it's really sad because you want to get to do everything, but you have to be really selective on how and where you place your time or else you get burnt out. Mm-hmm. So I've, I, it's been a tricky thing to maneuver around. So I guess that's my, been my biggest challenge. But other than that, the show itself is a dream, you know, to have, to get to take this character um, that was in an animated film and, you know, ex- this person who existed in life and to marry the two and, and, and have this story come on the stage for the first time in musical form in this way. Uh, it's, it's just unbelievable the response that we've gotten from fans who love the show and who have, who have watched the movie so many times, mm-hmm. but then also people who knew nothing about Russian history and knew nothing about anything. Yeah. At the stage door yesterday, there was a guy who said, I knew nothing about this story or this show or the history, and I just cried four or five times, and I, I just love <laughs> it, and thank you, you know? Yeah, I, I will admit I did shed a tear during the a cast of thousands number. That was absolutely beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. It, it, it's, it's one of the prettiest duets. A lot of people don't know this when they when the people who love the animated film. Um, there's only I think up to eight, six or eight songs in. I think it's like six actually songs uh-huh. that we used from that. There's not many songs in that in the animated one. And in this one, there's like 18 or 19 songs. Mm-hmm. So there's so much new material that's in this show that just makes you feel, you know, and, and, and just like touches your heart in the same exact way that, that the animated film songs do. Yeah. Well, actually, speaking of the animated film, I recently uh, read that you uh, recorded the signature song from Anastasia, Journey to the Past, with the original voice actress from the movie, what was that like? Yeah. How was that? Way, one thing that's been really cool has been getting to meet, you know, idols of yours when, from when you were younger. I saw Liz Calloway uh, in Cats play Grisabella at the Winter Garden Theater. No way. Uh, that was the very first Broadway show that I'd ever seen when I was a kid. Mm. And I've always been a fan of her work. Um, you know, she did Baby the Musical and just everything that she's ever done. I've just been a fan of her voice and a fan of, of her. And then when I, when I got in the show, she came to our opening night at our out-of-town tryout in Hartford, Connecticut. And I got to meet her, and she was so lovely and wonderful and kind to me and gracious and just beautiful. And so then when they asked us to sing this song together, it was like, the, like our voices just happened to blend so beautifully and so naturally together that it was just this perfect fit, you know, that doesn't always happen um, in situations like that. And her, her voice is just, just like butter. And so the two of us, we just blended so well. It sounded terrific. I was actually listening to it just before we recorded this interview. It was absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, uh, she does a great job. And actually, you can you can purchase it now because we did a, a we actually did a studio recording with Stephen Flaherty, the guy who wrote the songs uh, with Lynn Aaron. He's playing the piano. No way. And um, yeah, and and it's the two of us singing. And you can you can buy the song um, online or you can listen to it on Spotify. 
Uh-huh. So, yeah. Like, do you still get, like, the pre-show jitters? I, like, I remember when I did theater, I always got the last-minute stage fright. <laughs> like, that. thankfully, on radio, they can't see you shake. But um, does that ever happen to you? Do you still get the pre-show jitters? I think that anyone who says that they don't get nervous anymore is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> I, I mean, do you still get nervous? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, admittedly, I was, um, I was just like shaking before I did the interview. Yeah, I got, I mean, I get a little nervous when the phone starts to ring, or when you know what I mean. Sometimes, yeah. you if you, honestly, if ever you're meeting someone for the very first time, you can get nerves, you know. So, so imagine meeting a crowd of a thousand people for the very yeah, like every way. single night. Yeah, eight shows a week, but it doesn't happen. You know, it's it's the kind of thing where nerves just crop up out of nowhere. Uh-huh. And so I could do, like, 20 shows and be completely not nervous at all. Uh-huh. And then out of nowhere, I'll, I'll, I'll be in the middle of a show and I'll start to think in my head, am I going to forget all my lines right now? <laughs> and, then, and then the nerves will come out of nowhere. And so it's just so funny how how they can just crop in and out. But the thing that... The thing that happens when you're an actor is over time, they start to become like an old friend, right? You hold them close to your heart. You say, okay, here you go, old friend. I feel you once again. And you kind of laugh and you smile and say, we're going to get through this because I felt this enough times that I know I can survive it. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're younger, that fear can take you over and and scare you so much that it's hard to perform. But it's... It, it's kind of sad, but at, when you're starting as an actor, you sort of have to push through that. And and the more you put yourself in that scenario, the easier it eventually gets, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, trust me, because I still get, I, I still get the jitters all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, it happens. Anything funny happen on stage? Because I know theater could sometimes have its like funny unscripted ad lib moments. Well, once in a while, a lot of stuff that happens is a lot of the funny stuff that happens in our show is between uh the the great john bolton who plays our vlad Mm. and uh lily who is um vicky lewis right now and and they're both like comedic geniuses and they have this hilarious song in the show called countess and the common man Mm -hmm. and depending on i mean as you may know the, the audience is almost like another character in our in our show and so depending on the energy of an audience they have this duet and they will either milk it for all it's worth or worth or you'll just get the regular <laughs> performance each night yeah. and some nights it's crazy the audience is laughing so hard mm-hmm. and 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 I'm backstage during that part because I'm not in that part of the show yeah. and so all of a sudden you'll just hear silence on the monitors and then everyone's like what's happening what's happening and we open the door and there's just like laughter Bursts like you would laughter. not believe from the audience and they're just making out for like 20 minutes <laughs> you know they're just doing crazy they just have these bits that are just crazy yeah. so you have to go see the show for that alone just the silliness oh yeah that just happens every night and you don't know what you're gonna get it's just crazy Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mentioned that because that's, like, happened to me a few times. I've d- dabbled in theater back in high school, and there, <laughs> there was this one time where um, during a dress rehearsal, we were performing for a uh, group of tourists that were visiting from Denmark, and I tripped on a crack in the stage and fell flat on my face. And, um, <laughs> and then I just got up and, like, I forgot the lyrics to the song, and everyone was like, Matt, 
that was so hilarious. I was like super red in the face. I was like, hmm, that was actually pretty funny. It's true. You know, things like that, like that happen, happy accidents like that can happen. Mm -hmm. And I feel that reality is funny, you know? Yeah. Because everyone knows what that's like to be in front of a bunch of people and just just trip and fall. Mm -hmm. Or, Or at least... I guess maybe not everyone knows that specific situation, but <laughs> but there's everyone understands what that is and what that must feel like. And there's this sort of cathartic laughter that everyone feels. And, and it's like we're all with you in that moment. And so, of course, that's what happened. That's amazing. That's the best story. Um, I guess I don't have any situations exactly like that, but there was one time I was doing Spring Awakening on the road. Uh-huh. And I fell to my knees uh, for this one part and something was sticking out of the floor and I had to get like five stitches in my knee. But when I, but I didn't, like I knew I was in pain, but it's like, you know how your adrenaline sort of kicks, kicks in and yeah. you almost can't feel it. Uh-huh. So I knew I was in pain, but I didn't really know how bad it was, but I knew it might be bad. So I stood up and I finished the rest of the number with like, it like leads into this group number. And then I walk off stage and luckily there were a couple scenes I had during that time. And um, there were a couple of scenes that, that I didn't have to do. And so I ran backstage and, and um, I decided not to go on. And my understudy who had never been on before had to go on. And she had like notes written on her arm that she was studying during the show uh-huh. And then they were like, you're on. And she had to go on. And the entire cast in that show, the entire cast is already sitting on stage. Uh-huh. So they, so she walks on for the next scene. And everyone in the cast is like, what happened to Christy? <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to stitches. Ah, so. theater. Uh, yeah, well, theater. Fi- finally, um, I know a lot of people I know, myself included, are performers. Well, I'm not yeah. legitimately a Broadway performer. I'm just a comedian. Um, is, so is there any advice that you would give an as- aspiring performer that happens to be listening to our voices right now? Hmm. I always like to tell aspiring performers to remember, and I know this is the most cliche thing, but I'll try to elaborate it. Remember that there really is only one you on this planet and that you are so special. You are so incredibly special and that, and that when you're in that waiting room for an audition or anything, you're only in control of a couple things. And what I always say is, is prepare as much as you can, try to memorize it if you can, prepare, prepare, prepare. And that kind of helps bring the nerves down. And I always say, wish everyone well in your head. I try to wish everybody well in the audition room. Like, wish the whole panel well, hope that they have a good day, hope that every single person that goes in before you and after you has the best audition that they can have. Because at the end of the day, you're not in competition with anyone else, but you doing the best that you can possibly do. And if you live in that place in your heart, good things come your way. They always do. Mm, That's very, very true. Well, Christy, yeah. it, it was a real pleasure having you with us for the morning show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure, too. You're awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's a real honor hearing that from you, Your Highness. <laughs> well, yes, I am a princess. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Your Highness. <laughs>
Well, the show is Anastasia. You can see it at the Broadhurst Theater on 44th Street. Get your tickets now while you still can. And now... Yeah. I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't have fun during that interview, despite how nervous I was. But I really did. And I want to thank Christy Altamere for taking the time out to speak with me during her busy run at Anastasia. Before we head off, I'd like to sing a song, if I may. It's a personal favorite of mine. In fact, I think it's my all-time favorite. Call me a sucker once you find out what it is. It's just that song that makes me happier and happier and happier to be alive every time I hear it. And I think you'll see the same thing as well. So I'd like to sing it for you right now. You got a friend in me got a friend in me When the road looks rough ahead And you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed You just remember what your old pal said Boy, you got a friend in me 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 You got your troubles, well I got them too There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you We stick together, we can see it through Cause you got a friend in me You got a friend in me You know some other folks might be a little bit smarter than I am Bigger and stronger too, most definitely But none of them will ever love you the way I do Just me and you, boy And as the years go by Our friendship will never die You're gonna see it's our destiny you got a friend in me You got a friend in me You do You got a friend in me yeah. It's my all-time favorite You got a friend in me Randy Newman from the Toy Story series Always a joy to sing and a much bigger pleasure to listen to, I'll tell you that. Well, friends, that's just about going to do it. We hope you had a whole lot of fun. I know I did. And I hope to see you all next time for episode number two. So until next time, this is Matt Sapienza saying goodbye and hoping all of your days ahead are happy. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.